Welcome to the Choose Life Radio Network. Your host is Jill Taylor. Every week we bring you a candid conversation with someone who's making a difference for the cause of life. And now here's Jill to introduce today's guest on Choose Life Radio. You know, most of us work an eight-hour day, five days a week, and we stand in line to receive a paycheck that doesn't necessarily fluctuate according to our skills or our ignited energy. However, there are some who have found ways to help others achieve. And because of that, a lot of people are blessed financially. But there's more, much more, as we enter into a conversation with our guest today, Nancy Dornan. Welcome to Choose Life Radio, Nancy. Thank you, Jill. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. I know that. I know you're not one who likes to be on uh, on the talking end, but I am so grateful to have you with us today. Nancy, I I want our listener to know a bit about your life prior to your current marriage, which is with a very special high school friend, I believe, who is right now rigging boats as we talk. Yes, he is. (laughs) You grew up on a farm in southern Indiana. Can you tell me what was your early family life like? I was on the farm for until I was about five or six. My father farmed. And he had uh, severe health issues, so that dictated most of my early life. And um, anyway, so we were just a very, very average, small-income family. And, well, I had an outside uh, toilet until I was seven. So that that's pretty well speaks it all. There it says it all. <laughs> Out on the farm in an outside toilet. I love it. <laughs> I know. Yes. Well, a hurricane or a tornado, I'm sorry, tornado uh, did away with that. But anyway, after a while, we moved to Florida for a short time uh, because of the warmer weather, blah, blah, blah. That did not work out. So then we moved back. And uh, But he was very compromised, very, very, very bright, graduated high school at 14, and but had one-fifth of one lung due to a college or college, a high school experiment in chemistry and so that and then emphysema. So that affected his life tremendously. Wow. Oh, I'd imagine. So let's step forward. When did you meet your husband, Jim Dornan, your first husband, I'm going to say? Okay. I finished high school and went off to college at Purdue, which was about 30 minutes from where we were living at the time. And my father was no longer living. He died when I was 16. So it was my mother and I, because my brothers were quite a bit older. And um, so I went off to Purdue and happened to meet Jim at that. Uh, he was an engineer, aeronautical engineering student, much like myself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What were you studying, Jim? <laughs> I, yeah, no, no, I was a, a pretty thorough student at the time because when you don't have money, you feel lucky to be there. So I was trying, Purdue is not a college you go to for fun and party. So I had, my degree was in uh, audiology and speech pathology. And Jim was an engineer, became a Purdue grad, and then you had two children pretty quickly, is that right? Well, um, we we married at Purdue, met, and a year later, we went to the Rose Bowl together in California, hence life was directed at that. You know, there's watershed moments. We went out there, and it was 70 degrees on January 2nd, and we looked at each other, and I said, 
how long has this been going on? (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't believe it. It was 20 below or 10 below in in, uh, Indiana. Anyway, so when Jim started interviewing for aeronautical engineering jobs with uh, companies, uh, one of them was in Southern California. Anyway, uh, I was not finished yet, so Jim took an extra semester, and I finished my four-year program in three and a half years in order to go. I was not going to start over at a different college and have things not not credited. I said, that will not happen on my watch. And uh, that should have told me something then. To t- well, that, that program I took became a five-year program the year I left. So that tells you how rigorous it was. <laughs> yes, I would say so. <laughs> so you made the move to California drawn by the the parade i love that that's it's a, one of the one of the most one of the highlights of being in california is being able to sit on that road and watch the floats go by in that kind of wonderful temperature of 70 to 72 it's, it's delightful oh it was perfect <laughs> yeah and it was a very different environment obviously in 1970 tell me a little bit about uh, what took place when your son was born with complications you had Heather. Well, I had Heather. Uh, that I, I took my very, very coveted degree and took a job in special ed, speech pathology, in the school district. I was itinerant. And in, um, after I signed the contract and everything, found out I was pregnant for Heather. So I actually quit teaching in December of 69 and uh, never went back. Um, I had Heather and that kept me busy, but it was an awakening time. I realized so many things, not for today, but you know, you finally realize some things. You educated yourself for a life you did not want. And that's what happened. Uh, We looked around and I said, I hated being away from Jim and and aerospace engineering was busy and bored. You know, they were laid off. These are people with IQs you can't fathom and, and just out of a job. If there was a project, they were busy. If there was no project, they were laid off and many were doing many other menial jobs in LA just to get by. So anyway, I am not one who says, well, that's just the way it is. I say, if this is the way it is, it's wrong. <laughs> and uh, so I, I told Jim, this is, this is wrong on every level. I, I'm not going to go back because I don't want to leave Heather necessarily. Um, And in those days, that was very common, you know, the non-working mother. But I didn't want to not work. I just wanted to do something where I had some options. So we started looking around for a new career for Jim because I thought he could do anything. And anyway, we ended up finding a business uh, because we wanted options. And we found that to be viable. And so we pursued that. And Heather was actually um, four and a half when I had Eric. And Eric, yeah, so that that life change, you know, much like the Rose Bowl. (laughs) Eric also made a big change. Exactly. Well, tell us about Eric's birth and what what you were struggling with at that point. Well, we, we were obviously not very financially set at that time and young. I was 26 when I had Eric. And um, uh, he, we, un, unsuspecting, he was born with an open spine. And that's a, a long story, but pivotal. When he was delivered, 
uh, his birth defect is hard to miss, but it was missed. Wow. Nancy, I never knew that. I never knew that. So that's, that. Our, and our listener is probably as stunned as I am. So they missed that when he was born. Go ahead, more. So they, um, we were in the delivery room at Hogue Hospital, and this is a very, you know, a very well-established hospital, but uh, the doctor, nobody, nobody caught it uh, because Eric's uh, opening in his spine was not as pronounced, but it was definitely there because I did ask, what is that? And they said, oh, that's no problem and whatever, and she took him away to do a procedure. Well, they... Um, they laid him on a towel, which adhered to the back, not to get graphic, but it uh, broke the seal. They did not see that either until they went upstairs, which is, they no longer do that because of Eric. It's all right there, all together. They don't make any outside contaminated areas. So anyway, the nurse that was bathing the baby saw, and she called the doctor and then Everything went crazy, but that's where he was contaminated and ended up with meningitis. Oh, Nancy, a young mom like you, this must have been just terror for you. It makes me tear up just listening to you tell the story. When you're not expecting that, I had gone around and earned money to have cash to pay for him. <clears throat> my father drummed into my head, you don't ever borrow, you always pay cash. And uh, some things stick with you. So anyway, I, uh, I realized, I said to Jim, I looked, at the, I looked at the money we have. There's not enough to pay for him to stay in the hospital. And I called my mother. I mean, this was all within hours. And I told her, put the house on the market. No, oh, it was just horrific, a horrific time. But I was in the solution mode, as I tend to do. And um, so she was like, what? What's going on? I said, I'll call you back. Just call a realtor. You just do out of instinct. You're thinking we've got to we've got to have money to pay for him. In those days, I thought I guess I guess I thought they kept him. <laughs> you didn't pay for him. <laughs> so anyway, Eric ended up being there for months, and that's a long story. But it, it, he had uh, uh, eleven brain surgeries, and due to the infection, it caused many other issues. And we had a very small business. And so that had to change. That had to change. You had to find financial support. We had to make our business grow. And yeah, I told Jim, I said, I don't know if we can. I only know we will because I will not have him not be able to have the stuff he needs. And because uh, we come from the mindset of you pay for it. If you, if you get it, you need it, you, you work, you get the money and you pay for it. And um, so failure was no longer an option in our business. What was a very nice optional income became a, a, a money was never an issue until then. And it became an issue. A goal to meet the needs of what Eric had. A goal. Yeah. And, you know, that, that drove a lot of decisions. When he was eight, he was at school and a little girl was pushing it. Eric walked with little little braces and, and little crutches. I mean, little, he, he was so small. He only weighed 25 pounds at four. And, 
real, real smart, cute as could be. And but he was in a a chair, a wheelchair, and a little girl was pushing him. And they did not tell us, but she let go, and it went back, and he hit his head. Oh, Nancy. And we were going to the mountains that day, and uh, it was Christmas vacation, and we got into the altitude change and. Um, yeah, all, uh, unbelievable. Eric stopped breathing. So it was a wild trip down the mountain, getting him to breathe and whatever. He went into surgery and had a stroke and lost the use of his right hand and um, uh, caused a curvature in his spine and, and a problem with his leg. So the his whole life changed that day. We are talking with Nancy Dornan, and she is sharing in a very short amount of time, a terrifically difficult situation where they determined they would love through it. They would stay together many, many times. Families don't, husband and wife, leave each other over things like this. And and so I want to tell you we're going to take a quick break, but if you go away, you are going to miss an amazing second half So we'll take just a few minutes and be right back with Nancy Dornan here on Choose Life Radio. Choose Life Radio believes that life is a sacred gift from God and should be treated as such, from conception to natural death. Our purpose is to share in-depth conversations with persons who have a direct connection to the life issue. These conversations encourage, inspire, and shine the light of God's amazing grace on a lost and hurting world. Your gift today whatever the size, will help us continue to expand the reach of these life-affirming conversations. You can give generously online by visiting chooseliferadio.com. Just click the Donate button at the top of the page, or you can mail your gift to Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, Canton, Ohio, 44735. That's Choose Life Radio, Post Office Box 36622, 6622 Canton, Ohio 44735. That address is also posted at chooseliferadio.com. Your gift helps keep this life affirming message on the radio. Now let's get back to the conversation. We're taking a quick break from our interview with Nancy Dornan because I want you to know, kind and generous listener, how much I value you. When you tune in to hear these stories of life, so often your heart is touched and you financially support this ministry as well as with your prayers. What I need you to know is that our financial needs are entrusted in God's hands. We do not receive any financial remuneration for this program. However, being on 750 stations across America is a big financial commitment. So thank you for your gifts of support And please know, we are praying for you. When you go to Choose Life Radio on the website, you will be able to share this interview and all others that we've aired with someone you think would like to hear these stories. And there you can also provide funding for this ministry. We are a 501c3, so your gifts will be receded as a nonprofit organization. Thank you again. And now, let's get back to our adorable guest, Nancy Dornan. Nancy, thank you for staying with us here. We're glad to have you with us today. You know, Nancy and I knew each other well before, and we didn't connect for a long time. I'm so glad to have you back in my life. You had a friend named Doug Weed who passed away not long ago. 
What a difficult thing for you to lose him, Nancy. I know he had written a lot about the great accomplishments that you and Jim made in developing Network 21. How did Doug Weed encourage you after your husband's death? It's funny. He, very, very public person, author, worked in two uh, White House administrations, and but also came from the roots of his father was a pastor, and he had that upbringing and that uh, training and education as well. And so he had that other very personal side, and he was um, quite instrumental in a lot of, we did a lot of charity events together. Uh, uh, well, they were big. They they had like uh, Nancy Reagan there and Bob <laughs> Hope, and I sat next to Bob Hope, quite entertained all night. It was great. I gave as good as we got. We had we had good giggles. And uh, Jim sat with Nancy Reagan, which seemed appropriate. Since Jim was so appropriate, it worked out great. Good thing I didn't sit with poor Nancy. <laughs> anyway, but Doug, uh, Doug was a fan of Jim's, and he wanted uh, he wanted a book done, and he got him into the White House. He was on a, a, a committee uh, that served Bush too, and he also at when Jim got sick. He um, he was very instrumental in helping get contacts. And so a public person, but a very personal person to us. Nancy, what are some of the things that you can share that happened because of your relationship with so many amazing people across the world? You've been connected with all sorts of people who are building their own ministry, their own business but you've got some incredible stories. Can you share a couple? Well, none of this did we start out to do. Uh, I didn't want to be a public person, and I was not after that kind of, and nor was Jim. We just happened to meet people, and we had passion for what we thought was important. We met great people in our business who were ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And um, I've often said our greatest gift or talent was influence. And that, you know, you, you don't have to be terribly impressive. You have to be, you know, committed and have passion and a goal and work. And um, we were blessed to be exposed to people that were doing great things. And um, we uh, set up a, a foundation called Network of Caring which it was important, you know, I always say, of course, you know, build a big business or whatever it is that someone's doing, but on your way to um, making money, make a difference. And that drove me a lot because, of course, I was now introduced to the world of the disabled. And um, so that became a, a another passion. So we had the Network of Caring Foundation, which has, um, it was something that we started and we pay all of the admin fees. There are no, absolutely no cost, uh, every dime given. Um, and this is global. Our business is global and they look for places to put money where they could feel it was safe. And um, so we have given millions and millions, not Jim and I personally, we've given what we've given, but again, the influence, millions, and um, with different organizations like um, World Vision, uh, we were their largest private company donor for years and years. 
And you didn't start out to do that. You started out to, hey, let we, we know so many people that have needs in these countries. And so that, that became very impressive that they, you know, they sponsor a child and uh, we connected with free wheelchair mission, which uh, is just what it says. They donate free as a man in Southern California. And we happened to be connected, saw his information on a magazine, called him and said, wow, (laughs) we can relate. Oh, that must make Eric very happy to know that. Well, that it's just, it was personal. And then we started the sport of power soccer. It's people in a power wheelchair. And um, Eric loved it. And so we thought, oh, this is great. But there were only three teams because it takes money and it takes usually a mom. Yeah. There are organizations that are, you know, in places that provide for disabled this and that. But when we started expanding it, we looked for those that were personally driven by it. And um, so anyway, there were three teams. And now, as because of Eric going on the road and people we supported and went with him to teach and train and build build teams in all these states, oh, my goodness, um, there are now 80-plus teams in the U.S. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. <laughs> it is. It just takes money and mouth. <laughs> Sharing the message. <laughs> and I said, well, I have those things. <laughs> and passion. You know, let me just point out to our listener that that not everybody has that passion to help others when they're wealthy. Sometimes it's about just passing it down generation to generation. But this is a story of someone who wanted to help other people. This is a story of a couple who fell in love with the work they were doing and and offered it to other people so that they could also be wealthy if they chose. And I am just blown away, Nancy, by, by what you've done, especially for Eric. Tell me a little bit about what Heather and David are doing, your other two children, adult children, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, they are. I go, you your age out loud now. <laughs> oh dear. Heather is great. She has one daughter, um, Ashley Kate, who's 22. And uh, Heather is involved in our business corporately in, in the U.S. and our office in Atlanta and does other things and does them well. And, um, and David is very involved in our business and built a business on his own, a significant business. And he has five children, so he is uh, he is definitely busy. That's called your quiver is full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, his is inexpensive, and he reminds me, good grief going out to eat. You just think, oh, you have to eat today. But he has a passion, uh, and he went to Liberty and got his degree in biblical studies and then uh, did some internships, and he interned for Josh McDowell for a year. And that changes his life, as it would anybody's. And uh, but pursued business, but um, that's still the that's still the benchmark for him. And he wants to make a difference, not just make money. Of course, he heard that since he was born. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so are you? Are your kids close to you? If, uh, in terms of, <laughs> are they? Do they live in California? Close to you? No, they they moved. We moved to Atlanta in, um, uh, let's see, 97. 
And Dave was at Liberty, and Heather moved, and Eric moved a year later. And so they're all local. Yeah. Okay. So they're close. That's great. That's great. You you really, you have so much more to talk about. I'm wondering if you would be willing to come back next week and let me interview about some of the other areas of your life that I think uh, are very important to hear about. Would you be willing to come back next week? question is, would they be? <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I would. Oh, Nancy, you're adorable. That's so sweet. And I, I can't wait to have a picture connected to our website so that our listener can see how adorable you are. <laughs> so, and sweet listener, I am grateful. You and I can look forward to hearing now from Nancy Dornan again next week. And by the way, What a great chance to bring your friends with you to hear this amazing story of love, of caring, of faith, and wealth, and for certain, who we belong to in Christ Jesus, our Savior. And if you'd like to be in contact with me, I love to get letters from you, and I'm really grateful for those who send checks in the mail to us to help us continue with this ministry. You can go to P.O. Box 36622. Canton, Ohio, 44735. You can also email me directly at jill at chooseliferadio.com. I love to receive your emails. As a matter of fact, I cherish the things that I get to read from you, and I hope that you'll continue to let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, or what you didn't understand. I'm okay with that. Looking forward to continuing friendships with you on chooseliferadio.com. I'm Jill Taylor, and I look forward to talking with you again next week right here on Choose Life Radio. The preceding program was sponsored by the Choose Life Radio Network of Canton, Ohio.